all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, developmental and behavioral pediatrician and professor emeritus at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Divorce or a second marriage isn't something one expects or plans, though working out the issues with exes, stepchildren, and trying to blend families is not easy. Happiness is possible. There are ways to make things work, and then there are ways to make things worse. Today, we'll talk about avoiding the pitfalls and making that second try successful. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. President Trump is expected to speak with Russian President Vladimir Putin by phone at this hour. NPR's Lucy and Kim reports the call will be the first since Russia criticized the Trump administration for hitting Syria with cruise missiles last month. A Kremlin spokesman says the two leaders will talk following President Putin's meeting with German Chancellor Angela Merkel today. Top issues are likely to be the conflicts in Syria and Ukraine, as well as how to deal with North Korea's nuclear program. Trump and Putin last spoke before a U.S. missile strike on Syrian government forces, which Russia condemned. While Trump repeatedly complimented Putin during their presidential campaign, U.S.-Russian relations remain tense. Russian media are speculating that a meeting between the two presidents could come as early as the end of this month. Lucien Kim, NPR News, Moscow. Officials from United Airlines and other air carriers are testifying on Capitol Hill today. Members of the House Transportation Committee are questioning United officials about the recorded incident that shows a man being forcibly dragged off of flight last month. United Airlines CEO Oscar Munoz says from now on, passengers who are bumped from flights will be properly compensated. If faced with an overbooked situation, which will indeed occur in certain instances for many, many factors, we will identify volunteers earlier when we can and more importantly offer incentives up to $10,000 because, again, common sense says that you can't stop at a number. If no one's moving to their seat, you have to give them something more and even more importantly, offer them options for travel on top of that. Several bills have recently been introduced to better protect passengers and crack down on the commercial airline industry. South Carolina voters will pick a replacement for the U.S. House seat formerly held by Mick Mulvaney. It was tapped by the Trump administration to become White House budget director. South Carolina Public Radio's Alexandra Olgan reports on today's primary. South Carolina's 5th District stretches from just north of Columbia to the Charlotte suburbs. The seat was controlled by Democrats for more than 100 years before the Tea Party wave in 2010 when Mulvaney won. A candidate must get 50% of the vote plus one to win his or her party's primary. There are seven Republicans and three Democrats running. 
If either party has no outright winner, a runoff will be held later this month. The winners face four third-party contenders in a June election. For NPR News, I'm Alexandra Olgan in Charleston, South Carolina. The Writers Guild of America has decided not to strike. The Guild and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers have reached a tentative agreement on a new contract. Word of the agreement came more than an hour after the old contract had expired. Stocks are trading higher at this hour on Wall Street. The Dow was up 38 points at 20,952. The Nasdaq Composite up three points. This is NPR News in Washington. The Boston Red Sox are apologizing for racial slurs directed at Baltimore Orioles center fielder Adam Jones during last night's game. NPR's Tobias Smith reports. Jones says he's experienced racial heckling at Fenway before, but this was by far the worst. He says he was being taunted when one fan called him the N-word and threw a bag of peanuts at him. That fan, who Jones called a coward and pathetic, was one of dozens kicked out of the park. But Jones dismissed that as just a slap on the wrist and says the penalty should have been more severe. In his public apology, Red Sox president Sam Kennedy said the team has zero tolerance for such behavior and is sickened by the conduct of a, quote, ignorant few. Kennedy says the incident is still under review and those responsible may be subject to further action. Tovia Smith, NPR News, Boston. The Pentagon says reports of sexual assaults in the U.S. military went up slightly last year. But Defense Department officials say an anonymous survey conducted last year shows a decline in the number of service members describing themselves as victim of sexual assaults as compared to 2014. Elizabeth Van Winkle is the acting assistant defense secretary. We do not confuse progress with success. There remain a number of important challenges that demand our continued attention. There is no acceptable number of sexual assault incidents. The Defense Department says for the last decade it's been trying to encourage more people to report sexual assaults and harassment. I'm Windsor Johnston, NPR News, in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Progressive Insurance, committed to offering a streamlined shopping experience where home and auto can be bundled together. Now that's Progressive. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. This is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. And now, Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about divorce, second marriages, and blending families. So certainly divorce of a second marriage isn't something one expects or hopes for, but um, sometimes it happens. And working the issues out with exes, stepchildren, and trying to blend families isn't an easy task. 
But honestly, happiness is possible. And there are ways to make things work, or there are ways to make things worse. And so today we're going to talk about how to try to avoid some of those pitfalls and make that second try successful. So I'd love to hear what you out there, I know many of you have your own stories of what happened either to you as a child with your parents divorcing or to you as one of those um, individuals who had a marriage end and struggled through your divorce or trying to blend a family back together. So I want to talk about how you dealt with it, what you did, perhaps maybe the mistakes you made and some recommendations that you might have for others um, as we move through the show. Uh, so please feel free. You can start now. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. In Western cultures, more than 90% of people marry by age 50. So I know 50 is when some people have been through a second or even a third marriage, but some don't marry until age 50. We do know that healthy marriages are good for couples. They're good for your mental health and your physical health. There are data that say that if you have a significant other in your life, you you typically are a happier individual. Of course, if it's a good relationship. If it's a bad relationship, it can be um, worse than being alone. We all know that. Um, Marriages are also good for children. Growing up in a happy home looks like it protects children from mental, physical, educational, and social problems. And we've talked on our show in the past on Relatively Speaking about um, the, the adverse childhood event studies and how it can affect health outcome and mental health outcome um, for you as an adult. But um, and one of the one of the primary indicators is what your home life is. Is it a negative or a positive home life? So that's something to to always keep in mind. Um, so, of course, nobody enters a marriage expecting that marriage to fail. Hopefully, if you, hopefully no one does, um, because it's very clear that if one goes in on shaky ground into a marriage, it very most likely will fail. So um, about 20% of first marriages end in divorce within the first five years. And you probably all have studies of marriage, I mean, studies have examples of marriages that ended in the first year or two. And you probably always wonder, what what in the world, how did that happen? How did someone enter into a marriage that failed that quickly? But it happens, and we'll talk as we move through this show today why some of that happens. So 20% end before within the first five years, 48, upwards of 50% end before their 20-year mark. 
Um, and and then the the bad news, and I know you've all heard this before, um, the divorce rate for subsequent marriages is even worse. And so that's why I I know we've we've talked about this before in this show, but it's so important to just remind everybody how important it is when you're getting into a marriage to make sure you're on solid ground. And then if your first marriage failed, what, how to make sure, how to try to give yourself some insurance that that, that second one won't fail and what you what you need to do you know we're approaching this we're we're in may this lovely uh springtime weather right now and is is good for love right and may and june are the the biggest time for marriages to happen there are all kinds of bridal shows going on and lots of interest in wedding planning and finding the proper place and all of that so uh, one would hope that people put as much time into planning that perfect wedding and that perfect venue and all that put a lot more time into planning that marriage and that relationship. So today we're talking about divorce, second marriages and blended families and why why do the second the first marriages fail? What about the second marriages? And then what can you do to prevent failure? And how can you make sure that your children, the children who are involved are are in the proper place and taken care of properly? I want to hear from you guys. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. So um, as we're moving along, let me. Um, I'm going to throw some questions out to you. I wanted to throw something in there real fast. Okay, good. With good each, morning, Jay. Hey, good morning. With each additional marriage, it seems like you you gather uh, information or experience. Maybe it's perspective that if you had known at the beginning that it would help you out um, exponentially. But I guess my question is, is that we have such a high rate of divorce now compared to what it was previously. How has this information not been pooled and distributed to the younger people (laughs) in a better way than it than it obviously has been. Isn't that a great question? <laughs> well, you know, one, you just, you said something very key that I think we need to probably focus on as we move along on this topic. You said we've we've gathered information, you know, we, we have this, quote, learning experience that perhaps should give us uh, a better rate of success for, for later and why why aren't we learning from that? So um, one of those, one of the issues is we're really not learning from previous experiences. We're not using information we know. We're, we're not remembering some of the pitfalls that happened and we're bringing along baggage. So 
you, that first marriage, typically you don't have kids. Um, you may bring a child in to a marriage before um, your first marriage, but the majority probably don't. So you don't you don't have children. You have one set of in-laws on each side. And then think about what happens next. The second marriage, you sometimes have children. Uh, obviously, are further along in your life. You typically have exes, and right. So you also have ex-in-laws who are also baggage. You have friends who who maybe picked sides, maybe didn't. And um, and then you have all that emotional overlay of, well, this happened to me before and I'm surely not going to let it happen again. So, um, Jay, your question is a great one. Um, and to me, one question that we need to put out there is why why are some of us not serving maybe as be- better mentors for um, individuals who are getting into marriage? Why why are we not um, making resources available? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I know that um, full disclosure here, I'm in my second marriage, um, but I've been this second time married for 20, almost 27 years now. So it worked. So so I will tell you that, that there were a couple of things, a couple of reasons of why it worked. Um, both of us were very careful um, before making a commitment, I know I was terrified. I had one marriage fail, and I did not absolutely, for any reason, ever want another one to fail. And um, I had three children who were involved in that. So, you know, you you have to have some determination out there, but you also have to make sure you don't make the same mistakes. And data has shown that. Um, there are many people out there who marry the same person, almost same kind of person they did um, in that first marriage that did not work. Um, and, and maybe you keep looking for the same wrong stuff for yourself. So that's another question I throw out there that Jay threw out there. What, why aren't we learning from these errors? Why aren't we learning from these mistakes? I want to hear from you. What do you think? We're talking about uh, divorce, second marriages, blending families. Um, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send that email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back.
Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Next time on Mississippi Roads, Mississippi celebrates its bicentennial in 2017, and we take a look at some of the state's history. In addition, we feature a story on Tejada, the first capital building in the state. It still stands in Natchez. And we take a look at the Key Brothers' historical flight over Meridian, which resonates even to this day. I'm Walt Grayson. Join me on Mississippi Roads. Thursday at 7 p.m. on MPB TV. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And this morning we are talking about divorce, second marriages, and blended families. And, you know, Jay, before the break, brought up, Jay White, our producer, brought up a a good uh, question. And that is, um, why aren't we learning um, the right thing to do. There's all this knowledge base out there. It's not like marriage and divorce just happened, right? It's been going on for a long time. And so why, why in the world do we continue to have di- divorce rates as they are? What are we doing wrong? And so we want to hear what you think. Um, A couple of questions um, and answers came up during the break as we were discussing this. And and one of them is that that is there pressure out there that you just have to get married? And so maybe, you know, that person's not the right one, but um, gosh, it's what everybody's doing. And so. And golly, here I am nearing 30, oh my goodness, and I'm not married yet. Or is it because you've gone with someone and they're putting pressure on you to 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 make that commitment, even when you know it's not right and you kind of give up? Um, so so what what do you think is going on and why? Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. Join the discussion. Call one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. Um, maybe what I'll do now is just talk about some of the recommendations that come from a psychologist, uh, Judith. Wallerstein about how to make a good marriage, how to make love last. And so I'll mention some of these and maybe you can think, well, so these are some of the pitfalls that happen when you don't approach it this way. So so she says that you should separate emotionally from the family that you grew up in, not to the point of estrangement, obviously, but enough so that you have now a separate 
identity. You have a separate couple identity. Um, you're not still um, being run by those parents or your decisions are not all circled around your parents or your siblings. So certainly there are some marriages that have such interfering in-laws on one side or the other that that can be problematic. So um so that can happen. So is the individual that you are attached to and thinking on uh, forming that lasting bond, um, are they able to separate from their family? Or is that one of those levels of frustration that is there and is continuing and you know it's it's a point of irritant? If that is not resolved, do you really think it's going to get better before you get, uh, after you get into that marriage vow relationship? So think about that one. The The other thing is, um, have you ever known some couples that were so different that you just wondered how? they ever got together in the first place and how they how how it could ever work like their their goals and objectives in life are different or um their their interests are so different and they just seem not to be able to do um anything together other than maybe make love um so what what makes a person think after that the heat of the moment, so to speak, uh, is gone that a marriage would last? So she says you have to you have to know that you're individuals who really enjoy each other as individuals, and and not not just that you're attracted sexually to that individual. That's important, but. Um, and in fact, that's a big part of it, too, obviously, um, that intimacy is important. But um, to to make sure there's something else there, um, another issue for couples with children, golly, that is one of those issues when you bring children into a relationship, whether it's um, the first marriage or a subsequent one. Um, when children are involved, you have to remember that learning how to parent those children that are not your biologic children, but are now supposed to be part of your family, learning how to do that is is something that can be very daunting and sometimes doesn't come in intuitively like you would hope it's it's one of those things that can be very difficult so you have a biologic parent and then you have a non-biologic parent uh, there and um, so who trumps who Uh, the recommendation in general when you're coming into something like that is that you should not jump into the parenting role as a disciplinarian from the start. That puts you in a difficult position. You should jump in as the supportive parent, okay? A partner, a supportive partner. But to be the primary disciplinarian puts you in a very difficult role and and often can bring you 
at odds with your spouse. And um, Jay, I know you and I have talked some about this because you and I have both been in second marriages and kind of dealing with that parenting issue sometimes can be maybe the biggest area of conflict. What do you think? It it certainly, well, I think it depends. Um, it's probably different for different people, but mm-hmm. for some people it probably is the biggest uh, point of conflict or contention. But for others, um, it, it probably comes and goes, I'm sure. It probably it is for some. It's probably as temperamental as children can be. Right, and <laughs> right, exactly. And of course, it depends on the age. If you bring a, a teenager into it, it can be much more difficult, just because you've got um, a teen going through teenage years anyway, and then they're having to deal with this new relationship and this new parent who's who's in the family not and their mom or dad not yeah not their mom <laughs> or dad and someone who is taking attention maybe away from that individual and that can certainly occur in children at any age so you want to make sure that they continue to feel important and loved and not pushed aside um so very important but to me, one of the, the things that I think many of us do incorrectly is not sitting down and talking through issues before we get into that fixed relationship. And I say fixed, I mean, a, 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 you know, a maritable bond, um, not talking about, well, how do you feel about this? And what do you think about that? And when we get married, um, have you already had all the kids you want? Or are you interested in another child? Because I want another one. You know, that kind of discussion really needs to happen. And it should not be worked out after um, you make the commitment of marriage. It should be worked out before and the same thing goes about whether you never want kids or you would only want to adopt or those are the kinds of things that need to be worked out um it always amazes me that you know you have to take all kinds of different classes to be certified to do things but many some some churches require um engagement classes before you get married but but in general um there's not uh this prerequisite course that you have to take on how to do marriage right and um we know there are plenty of examples out there of how to do marriage wrong so we need to all try to work harder on making sure that we get that right so um listeners jump in we want to hear from you what do you think do you have some thoughts experiences um were you a child who got caught up in something that you thought was inappropriate or do you feel that maybe things are going better than we are saying they are give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. Uh, when we'll get back, we'll talk about ways to make relationships good, and we'll talk about some of those pitfalls. This is relatively speaking. We'll be right back. 
informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo for Southern Remedy. Each Wednesday, we answer your calls on health issues of interest to you. They range from medical questions on kids, young adults, baby boomers, and seniors. Whatever you need to know. Join me for Southern Remedy tomorrow morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments... Call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, and this morning we're talking about divorce, second marriages, blending families, the pitfalls, and, and how to make them work. What can we do better to ensure that that divorce rate that everybody keeps quoting of upwards of 50 percent, you're not one of those statistics. So um, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think about what's gone on in your life, what's going on now in your life, maybe how you might help others. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, let's go on to the phone lines. We have Sharon and Mobile. Good morning, Sharon. Thanks for calling. Well, good morning. Good morning. I love your program. Thank you. You have. You're in a second marriage. Um. Yes, I'm in a second marriage. Uh, was married in my twenties, and now I'm uh, approaching fifty. And a completely different person than when I first got married, right. my first marriage. And, um, you know, I know there's no panacea, but when people change with careers and um, and the, you expect a marriage to last forever, there doesn't seem to be really great support groups to, um, you know, talk through the change. And my first husband changed, too. Uh, he got a job and traveled um, so much. He wasn't present a lot. Mm -hmm. Then my career took off, and then just we became distant. And it's really hard to keep the marriage first when everyone's trying to climb that corporate ladder and seeking advice more than anything. Now that I'm in a second marriage, you know, our careers are on the other, other side. Money's good. You know, things are a little bit more laid back, and um, but first marriages were tough, especially when you're trying to be somebody. Yeah, you you brought up a couple of really good points about that growth in early life. You know, we've talked about the fact that um, 
men especially, and this is no slam against men, but men mature later, The that front prefrontal cortex uh, matures um, sometimes in not until 25 or so. So many of us, our first marriages were in our early 20s. And and then certainly women change. Our roles change. Our um, our desire for maybe a career is is different. And so you're, you point out so many of the reasons that many times those first marriages fail. And then you mentioned money. Money is at the top of the list of the, the argument problem areas of um, marital problems. And then when you don't have good marriage counselors out there or marriage support groups or if you have in-laws or friends who are saying, ah, oh, just get rid of them, uh, you don't need to be committed, often there's not that good support out there. So, um, Sharon, I agree with you. I think um, my certainly my first husband and I um, grew in very different ways, and we were both in our early 20s, and and golly, you know, 10 years down the road, we were two completely different people with different goals and objectives, and it's hard to and believe. I think that's normal, I, I, yeah. and yeah. the human experience is about growing, about becoming, and it's really hard to find that right person in your 20s that you're going to be able to go, he's going to be able to grow, you're going to be able to grow, and still have that glue that keeps that relationship together because it's hard to put the finger on what that glue is that makes everything work. And um, I wish I knew. I wish I could bottle it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Sharon, for that um, that call because you're you're bringing up a couple of points that um, the psychologist uh, Judith Wallerstein had mentioned. I just want to bring a couple of things up as we're talking. When you're growing like that, it's so important to pull back to center and try to nurture each other and try to make sure that that as you're moving through your growth that you try to to nurture that marital marital bond it's hard it's really hard and it's hard when you don't have that support the other thing that she says is to keep alive that early romantic um idealized sort of image of what you expect from marriage try to talk each other through when things aren't going right so, um, I'm, how long have you been married the second time? Three years. Good, and it's going well. Going extremely well, and communication is just uh, free flowing, and uh, again, uh, I think a key I think, in uh, any yeah. uh, relationship. Yeah, which many times we don't do well in an early relationship. And and maybe some of that is just the immaturity of um, taking small issues and expanding them into 
major issues instead of being able to see the humor. I know certainly my husband and I um, sometimes will disagree, but then if one makes a joke of what's going on, and um, often we end up laughing about it. And I know I did not do that when I was younger. I, everything was very serious. So... <laughs> um, Thanks for giving us a call, Sharon. I appreciate it. Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> we listen to you. Thank okay, you. thanks. Well, let's go now to to Paul in Satio. Um, um, or oh, I'm sorry, Saltillo. Thank you, Jay. Um, you said you married the same woman. Let's talk about it. remarried the same woman. Well, you make the same mistake twice. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, we were years ago. We were married, and the first marriage lasted six months due to um, immaturity and uh, interference from in-laws. But anyway, I took a job in Jackson. Uh, we were living in Tupelo, and um, this is a year after we um, split up. And before I moved to Jackson, I um, met her or saw her in the supermarket at lunch. And long story short, we got back together. Um, I came back a couple of weeks after I moved from Jackson. We remarried, and um, this time we've been married 36 years. Wow. And and I would have to tell you, I think if we had stayed locally, um, I don't know if it would have worked the second time, but by moving to Jackson, we knew nobody. We had to rely on each other and trust each other. And I think it just built our relationship to a point where nothing could tear it apart. That's wonderful, and, uh, Paul. I have a question. How far apart was the first and second mar- were the first and second marriages? A little over a year. So you stepped back and um, regrouped, but you had in-laws who were interfering. Was that it, or was it just yeah, local friends? And I think, you know, after we lived in Jackson three years, we moved back, and I think by that time, everybody had decided, well, they're going to stay together. We may as well leave them alone. <laughs> you know? But I, I will say this, you know, um, you cannot, and you alluded to this earlier, you can't take on your in-laws. No. Um, guys, you're going to have to butt in and tell your parents and siblings butt out. And wives, you're going to have to tell your parents and siblings butt out. Um, you can't do it with your in-laws. That's just going to make everything worse. And I'll say this, and I'll, I'll let you go, but um, marriage is not for sissies. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and, it's and look, not. And I'm going to make a confession. Um, looking back on the years we've been together, when we had disagreed, I would say 90-something percent of the time, my wife has been right. Um, wow. I think, I think intuitively, even on some business deals I've gone into that she didn't want me to, um, she's been right. And I, I, guys, listen to your wives, you know, and cherish them. And wives, support your husband. That, that's all I'll say. Wow. Paul, you sound like a marriage counselor. (laughs) You you know, I'll I'll say, well, I will say one more thing. After the first marriage, after we split up, um, it's one of those things of I didn't know what I had till I lost it. Mm. And from then on, I thought, well, if I could ever get that back, I won't mess it up again. And um, so far, I haven't. 
36 years later, it sounds like you haven't. And you've got some great advice. Thank you for that call, Paul. I want to emphasize... And, and, and a beautiful girl. And <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so I want to emphasize something that Paul said, um, and, and that was sort of at the top of the list on, on Judith's recommendations is that the in-law issue, um, separate yourself from your, um, fam, from your parents enough so that you get to become your own marital independent unit. Um, but you cannot take on those in-laws because then you are asking for trouble. Um, you may end up putting your spouse in a defense mode, which you do not want to do. So making sure, like Paul said, is to give each other the support you need. And if you feel like your parents or your siblings are being unfair to your spouse, um, then then help them out. Don't make them be the one who has to be the defender on on that. Um, very, very important, good advice. Um, and, and hopefully, certainly, if there's somebody out there and you feel like that somebody you love is making a marital mistake, getting into a marriage that they shouldn't, then you should give them that advice before they get into the marriage, not after they're in the marriage. After, then you better be hoping that you're going to nurture them and help them get through it so they're not just another statistic, certainly unless they're in an abusive situation or something like that. That's a, another whole topic that um, we need to discuss at some point, maybe not so much on this show. But let's go on to, we have Marilyn in, in Oklahoma. Good morning, Marilyn. Yeah, um, uh, I, a young man came to me. He was in his 30s. He, it was his first marriage, and he wanted my advice because uh, it was his uh, wife's second marriage, and she had, uh, what, either two or three children. And uh, before the marriage, she told, uh, she told him that she would have a child for him, and I think she's either 37 or 38. Uh-huh. But now that they're married, she changed her mind. And, and so how would you advise him? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's tough. That really is tough. And I'm sure. So he had no biologic children of his own. And do no. the do the children live in the home with him right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. They are. They are, um, like, I think, for uh Eight and eleven, or something like mm-hmm. that. So, but they, uh, he was just heartbroken because he knows her biological clock is ticking, and she's now um, <laughs> saying, "Oh, it's going to cost too much." Or, yeah, uh, if I if I stop working, I, I you know I probably won't be able to go back to work. And oh gosh. Yeah, to know what to tell them. Yeah, that's that's a tough situation because it sounds like they did try to talk through the child issue prior to getting married, and and now right. there's been a she a, She, <laughs> but in her defense, let's talk through this. Three children um, who are still very dependent on them, eleven and under. Mm-hmm. 
um, are uh, very time-consuming. They really are. And they um, require a lot of energy. And it kind of depends on how invested he is into helping with the, the children. So to me, it would be very important. I don't know how long they've been married, but if, if this has been some uh, um, marriage that's just... Um, oh, yeah, about a, about a year. About a year. Uh, it really might be okay. I know he feels like her biologic clock is ticking, but there are many women who have uh, babies around their 40s, and the fact that she's had three healthy children already um, bodes well for another healthy pregnancy. So they've got at least uh, two or three years um, where they can work this out, I would highly recommend that he just work hard on making this family unit uh, a loving family unit that he learn how to work on parenting these children right now and being being part of their lives and enjoy them as his new family. And and then that will show his wife that, golly, this man is good at this. He loves these children, and he will be a participant in the lives of the life of our new child. Because, who, I mean, we don't know exactly what kind of experience she had with her previous husband also and whether or not all the burden was on her or if... Um, if he was a partner participant in the the parenting aspect of it, so those are all things that I, if if I were you, I would recommend to him that they consider maybe counseling if this has gotten to a pitch. But I would encourage him to calm down, to enjoy this life, to not talk right this moment further about having another child at this point and and to stabilize the marriage and kind of center on what they have now um that's what i would recommend and and i think that perhaps um her mind won't be worrying so much about the what if what if what ifs um and she'll settle in and you did say that she said you know it's not always guaranteed that that the pregnancy is going to and right, and uh, so yeah, it seems to be a lot of worry. A lot of worry. So to to try hard, you know, um, mindfulness therapy is one of those therapies that kind of teaches you how to live where you are in the moment now, and try to center on where you are right this moment, and not try to think too far in the future try not to dwell on what happened in the past because the past is gone and the present is here and that's what we need to deal with so Marilyn I would encourage you to push him in that direction and reassure him so thanks for your call I hope that helps some Um, this is relatively speaking we're talking about divorce um, remarriages blending families and would love to hear. We still have time for you to join the conversation. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is relatively speaking. We'll be right back.
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. If you have a vehicle that you no longer need and is collecting dust, we have a solution. Donate it to MPB. Your donation will go towards supporting your favorite programs that keep the community informed. To get more information about our car donation program, call us at 877-MPB-4-CAR or visit mpbonline.org slash support. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And we've been talking about divorce, blended families, remarriages. We've had some great callers with some good advice about in-laws and some questions about having another child come into a family um, that already has children from a previous marriage. So lots of questions. If anybody wants to join the conversation, we still have time. You can give us a call at one uh, eight. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the number. one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But we have a caller on the line. Let's go on to Jimmy in Gulfport. Good morning, Jimmy. Thanks for listening and calling. Well, good morning. Thank you for um, taking my call. I just wanted to say um, my wife and I got married in 79, and about three years later, I woke up one morning, and it's like all of the magic, all of the romance was gone, and my first thought was I've ruined my life, and then my second thought was um, I've ruined her life too. Uh, And so for about six months, I didn't say anything. I pretended that everything was fine. And in that six-month period, I came to understand all over again why it was that I fell in love with her. And our relationship got even better. And in December, we had our 37th anniversary. Wow. Well, Jimmy, why, why, I just have to go back. Why in the world did you think that you had ruined your life and ruined hers at the same time? And and how in the world did you work through that? Well, I, I knew that if I was unhappy, we were going to get divorced, and we had both changed our lives for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and. But my first thought was, I've ruined my life because I've changed my life for her. And then I started thinking, well, idiot, she's changed her, her life, life for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is a, a partnership. 
and um, and we all do change our lives when we um, get into a marital relationship. So um, you're absolutely right. You you do become a bit different, no matter what anybody says. That you're not going to let your marriage change you. It certainly it has to change you in some ways. So. Yep. Well, thanks. C- congratulations. Um, not many people can work through things the way you did um, and come out on the other end successfully. I would encourage other people, if you if you have an opportunity to have someone else help you work through it, many times that can be a good thing. Uh, I, I think that my initial reaction, probably the first thought was, total selfishness Mm. and I needed to step away from putting myself first and put her first even even though I felt like there was no romance left Mm -hmm. and uh, not only has it come back but it's remained we are still very um, emotionally attached to each other and we're also our best each other's best friends that's that's wonderful. Um, I'm really happy, Jimmy. And I think you brought up something that I just have to emphasize, even though I want to get to a couple of other callers. Um, you you mentioned the fact that um, you wanted her to be happy. And if you put your spouse's needs over your own needs, you'll always be much better off. So um, keep that in mind. If you put them first and they put you first, you will have a successful marriage. There is no doubt about that. So, Jimmy, thanks for your call. Um, uh, Jay, do we have time for one more call? Uh, That was the last one we had on right now. The other we had dropped. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, you know, this is a good way to end Jimmy's information that he gave. Um, Again, I want to encourage everybody, if you ever have any marital problems and you're really struggling, struggling internally, many times it's it's a really good thing to go get some help. So somebody can, especially if you want it to stay a successful marriage, to, to ask for help. But the absolute best advice that we heard from Jimmy today was the fact that if you put each other first, um, then you will have a successful marriage if you put each other's happiness first. Um, But you got to have somebody doing that for you. You can't just always be doting on one person. The other thing that I think several of our callers helped us emphasize today was the the fact that you have to become your own unit. You can't continue to be the same exact person you were still invested in your your parents and and, um, your siblings. You have to become your own family. Um, Certainly stay connected to those significant others out there, your parents and your siblings, but become your own family unit and you will be more successful and focus on each other. Well, thanks everybody for your calls. We had some great calls today and thanks for listening. Today's show was engineered by our producer, Jay White, our call screener, with Sharita Brent. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.